What's up, what's up everybody? Welcome to our first episode of I Want to Know, where we tackle Christian issues that we face day to day, and we want to look into the Bible and see what actually happens. And we're going to have a dialogue about it. On my left is the legendary Neil Bester, and on my right is the amazing Tutu. <laughs> so we asked you guys to ask us a few questions, and boy, did we get a lot about relationships. <laughs> so what we decided to do is we're going to make this a three-part series, and today is our first one. That's right. So in this episode, we're going to actually talk about being single. And uh, we're calling it single ready to mingle, whatever that might be <laughs> at this stage. So let's jump right in, guys. Maybe first question. Do you want to ask? Yeah, I'll ask it. So the first question is, what does it mean to be a godly man or a godly woman? Sure, I start. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, honestly, there are a lot of things when it comes to being a godly woman. But... First things first, it's for me personally, I feel like it's it's stepping into the purpose of what God has God's purpose for you, mm. if we can put it like that. And just knowing who you are in <laughs> ooh, knowing who you are in in what what he says about you, knowing mm. what he says about you and just understanding that purpose and knowing that you're just you're not just here for any kind of reason. He put you here for a reason. And respecting yourself because you have to know that your body is a temple of God. Mm. And respecting your body and yourself. And I feel like there are a lot of other things where the world likes to bring in their own two cents yeah. when it says, what is a woman? And that type of thing. But most of all, it's just knowing who you are with God and who you're rooted in and just yeah, growing with him and surrendering yourself each and every day. Just, yeah, basically. Do I have to go to church? Does it mean I have to go to church now and carry my Bible? So if, I, if I'm going to Mecca on a girl and she's like, I want a godly man and I don't go to church, I'm chilled at home, I watch two minute videos of some sermons and I'm good. Does, does that mean I'm a godly man? Or, or? No. So, so I think it's a bit more than that. I think it's about... Well, I think there's an inside part and an outside part. So I think it's, but on a base level for me, it's about a whole lot of commitment to put Jesus first in everything. Mm. So that means I want an authentic relationship with Jesus. I want to get to know him. I'm going to start learning about him from the Bible. But that's, I think, why going to church, for example, or at least having relationships with other Christians is important because we learn about mm. God through other people too. But I think it starts on the inside of that whole lot of commitment. But it definitely translates to the outside, how I behave, what I allow myself to do, uh, the way I behave, how I treat others, yeah. uh, the, you know, my spiritual practices. Do I go to church? Do I read my Bible? All those things. Um, but it starts with this whole heart committed, wholehearted commitment <laughs> to put Jesus first in everything. That's where I see. Wow. Yeah. Also, I think I agree. I agree. Um, to put Jesus first, and I think it's so weird because. I think in my generation specifically, I don't know about you guys, but you ask a girl, what are you looking for in a guy? And they say, I want a God-fearing man. But we don't know how that looks <laughs> like. Like everybody says, like, I want a God-fearing man. But I love that putting Jesus first and actually pursuing a relationship with him. That's, that's really beautiful. But then it, that leads us to our next question. How do we become someone that another person would want to marry? Like they look at you and they're like, Husband material. <laughs> oh, this is wife material. This, this is it. This is the creme de la creme. I can feel the fabric of marriage here. Oh, wow. 
Um, okay, so I went to Eurovia Life and we watched um, a video of Andy, Andy Stanley. And basically what it is, is are you the person you're looking for is looking for? Mm, say that again. Are you the person you are looking for is looking for? So basically that what that means is okay, so yes, I want a respectful man, I want all this, but are you that person? That type mm. of thing. You need to know, you need to basically have your stuff to not necessarily have your stuff together, but what do you want in someone? You have to have it. Because I can't want a respectful man and I'm disrespectful. Ooh, okay. See, that type of thing. And just, it's that thing of knowing your identity, knowing where you're rooted in. Because if you don't know, you basically just say, what if your boyfriend is like, ah, I'm here, you know, let's go do this. But that's not part of your moral compass. Then you easily go off the rails and everything mm -hmm. like what, that. What's moral compass? I'm not a compass, but what's that? <laughs> what's, what's that thing? Basically, a moral compass is that thing that tells you yes or no. You, okay. But you know what you're doing, for example, is wrong. Okay. So, yeah, that's happy thing. <laughs> I don't know if you have anything well, else. If I can go, I think um, I want to start by saying how do you, you know, become a person the other person wants to marry? You've you got to be yourself. But I think a lot of my challenges, perhaps as an older person, is uh, when we start using words, words are starting to change what they mean. So when I say yourself, I don't mean live your own truth. I don't mean speak your own truth. Uh, I know it's very popular for people to say that. But when I say be yourself, I mean the, the person God intended. You know, we all know we're made in the image of God, and, and so is everybody else. Yeah. That means you're valuable, but there's design in you. There's mm. purpose in you that God has. And so when I say be yourself, I mean be the person God intended to be. And, and for me, I, I like to use two words in this space. It means you need to be whole. In other words, you know, sort through your stuff a little bit. Uh, if you've got hurts, if you've got unforgiveness, settle those kinds of things. You need to be as whole as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, no one's ever perfect, but as whole as you can be at that time in your life. And you must be holy. So whole and holy, for me, part of being your true self. But true self in terms of God, not the internal reference of, you know, I want to be a gangster, so <laughs> I'm going to hang out or, or whatever. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's that follow your design purpose, I think, if I can use that kind of language. That's where I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, I think. So, so yeah, I got a question, especially around that being holy, because, I mean, we got some high schoolers here, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to be holy and thirsty at the same time. <laughs> And I, let's be real, you know, I'm, I'm, my hormones are crazy. I'm 16. I see a girl. We date. All that is in my mind is something else. Uh, but I'm trying to be holy at the same time. And that, that, makes, that makes it kind of difficult because I feel like, man, I feel dirty most of the time, you know. And I, I don't know, like, how do, how do I get holy? How do I become holy? How do I start on that journey? <laughs> well, since I intro the day. Um, so I think it's important to understand holy. The, the idea in the Bible about holy is that you're set apart. That's what mm. the, like in the root beginning of the word, it means you're set apart. But the, the intention is you're set apart for a purpose. You're set apart for God. Yeah. Um, and so when I say holy, it's, just, it's, it's linked to that thing I said earlier about a wholehearted desire to follow Jesus. So, yeah, my hormones are raging. There's 
people around that are super interesting and that there's norms in society. And maybe that's really good for us to say at this point. It's very hard to be a Christian in today's world. Yeah. Everything's bombarding you. I mean, it was hard in the, in the 80s, let's be honest. It's hard for every generation. But we didn't have social media. We didn't even have internet. <laughs> um, but so I think the pressure is more today and there's many more competing ideas. So when I say holy, it means that I've decided to live in a way that I'm set apart for God. I want to please Jesus. Mm. And so that means in my behavior in relationships, uh, I want to be honoring of how Jesus has made people. I want to be respectful of them and I want to be respectful of myself. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I think we'll probably get into it as we talk, but there are clear things in Scripture about how we in our relationships uh, treat one another, uh, particularly romantic relationships and things like that too. So uh, yeah. if I can start there. Yeah. Wow. I think for me, how do, how do I become someone that another person would want to marry? Um, I think it's, it's similar to, to, to what you said. I mean, the looks disappear. At some point, <laughs> you're going to get used to it. Um, and you're going to get used to their, to their jokes. But I think their character is what's going to outlive it. So if I look forward, like, 10, 20 years when I'm used to your look and we've got kids, ultimately, are we friends at the foundation? You know, can we still talk? Like, can I still come to you and be like, you know, I've, I've had a bad day. Or is it a thing of, you know what, I'm, well, we just got to make this work, you know? Um, but the next question that, that we got asked is, should we actively seek out dating? Should we shoot our shot? Should we look for it? Should I go? Should we? <laughs> well, I think you ladies first. Um, um, honestly, no. No. Why um, not? Because <laughs> do you know yourself is the question. Because it's, as I said um, in my previous question, it's easy to get off the rails when you don't know what you're exactly looking for and who you are. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can reference this, but... Um, uh, one of Pastor Mike Todd's um, sermons about relationships, he he said, be happy in your singleness. Because when you're single, you get to know yourself. You get to grow more and actually be intentional with your relationship with God. And once you get into a relationship, now it's like you're thinking about the both of you. It's not just you as an individual. So actively seeking, <laughs> that's not it. I've got feelings. Like, I want my hand held. Like, I want to, I don't know, I want to kiss somebody, you know, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> There's feels, I've got feels. So what am I supposed to do with those feels now that I'm single and happy and happy being single? So I think you've got to be honest with yourself and, and ask the why. Mm. why. Why do I want to hold the hands? Mm. Where's that idea coming from? Why do I, uh, do I have a need that I feel is unmet? Is it just about acceptance? And I, if I can, can I talk just a little bit, mm. a little bit longer? <laughs> I think one of the things that society has been telling us for generations, but for young people especially, and I think it's amplified, mm. as I mentioned earlier in, t in today's times, is that it's, you, you, you mustn't be alone and it's, and it's normal to date. So mm. probably one of the questions we need to ask is, what do you mean by dating? Come on. Do you mean trying somebody out to see if they can meet your needs, which, you know, in other words, is you, you're using somebody? Oof. Is that what you mean by dating? Are you just checking them out, you know, to, to meet your needs? <laughs> no, no, but, but what do we mean by dating? Mm. Um, and so 
I think that the if I can contribute to the to the to the to the narrative to the discussion, I'd say is I think particularly in high school, uh, until probably the time when you actually know, okay, I'm kind of getting there already where I could commit to a long-term relationship. I finished studying, mm. earning some money. Uh, I think the focus should be on friendship. And so, yes, you can have friendships with people from the opposite gender. For sure, you can. Yeah. Um, but I think everything around us and everyone around us is telling us the whole time, you know, as soon as a guy and a girl talk, it's romance. Mm. But actually, I think we need to, particularly in Christian circles, in Christian groups, just back off and say, well, why don't we just be friends till we're 20-something or 30-something? <laughs> uh, you know, live with your mom until you're 30 or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but why not just be friends? Um, Later on, if we can circle back, I want to talk a little bit about attraction because I think one of the reasons we want to date and hold hands and hugs is because whatever hug um, is that we misunderstand something around the, the concept of attraction. Mm. But maybe first from you guys, I don't know if you have want to yeah. respond to. I think what following I said. to what, what Neil said, because you're a woman, we need to ask you this. <laughs> one of our fears is if I'm your friend, you're gonna put me in the friend zone, and that's it. And what happens is the cool bad guy gets the girl, and then it's like. You know, it's a problem. Like, so if, if you put us in the friend zone, what is the likelihood that at some point we'll be able to make it out of the friend zone <laughs> and shoot? Or do you just keep us there? I mean, because oh, he's a high school friend. He's like a brother to me, you know? Like, how does that happen? Well, getting out of the friend zone, I think, okay, I don't want to generalize. So I'm going to, like, make it personal. Um, so when it comes to coming out of that friend zone, it's how how can I relate to you? Am I comfortable around you? Because but then you see when you say comfortable, it can be like I'm comfortable with you as a brother. But I don't know. Some when it comes to some girls, it can be like I ah, in the friend zone forever. <laughs> or yeah, I guess it's a thing of how is our relationship based on. Mm. Is it based on, you know, surface level things or can we go deep together? And it's also, I guess, how you treat each other. Yeah. Because it can be like, I don't know how to put in an example, but it comes when you're just treating each other. Mm. Are we, are we like, because you can say different things about being a friend, being more than a friend, because the, also it comes with intentionality. Ooh, okay. Are you being intentional about trying to pursue me? Because I think that thing of, do you want to be chased or, you know, that type of thing. But when you have to be intentional with, with what you want, because, yeah. and not just for the wrong reason, not for the wrong reasons, but just being genuine and intentional about how you feel and what your views are. Doesn't now that lead to the attraction conversation? Now. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So let, me, let me jump in. And I know for some of the, the guys and girls listening out, this is going to sound like I come from a different planet. And it's not because I'm old. I think it's because uh, the message we get from media, social media, is just incessant. And there's a certain way of looking at the world. There's a worldview about people in relationships. So I think, so, so look, some attraction is just on looks. And, and mm. I think everyone understands that that's relatively shallow. And I know some people go, well, that's, that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you want something real and substance, something of substance, what we must understand is we, we are attracted to people. Yeah. I, I can be attracted to Mamiela 
not in that way. Okay? <laughs> I can be attracted to Tutu. I can be attracted to different men and women. But that attraction doesn't mean it's romantic. Mm, not all attractions are romantic. Mm. Okay. And, and I think if there's a, a, a lie in the culture, if you want to make it into a bit of a formula, is that all attraction equals romance. Mm. And then, unfortunately, the next step is all romance equals sex. Come on, somebody. And so, and so we jump Facts. from, if I have an attraction, is are we going to have sex? We, and I mean, that's like, I think it's a false narrative. Mm. Some attractions are just friendship attractions. Now, mm. if you think about it a little bit like this, um, normal people would tend to only have one romantic attraction at a time. Unless they're like super players or whatever you guys call them these <laughs> days, okay? But, but generally, you only have one romantic attraction at a time, which means 90% of the people that you meet or that you like are friendship attractions. So there might be qualities in them, like I love the way she smiles, I love the way she talks, I, I love how respectful she is, I, I love the way she relates and talks about God. Those are attractive qualities. Yeah, well, there, there is an element of attraction that's physical. You like certain types of people. And I think if we're honest, it's like you mentioned earlier, raging hormones mm. that, that filter the attraction. But I think we need to go realize because 90% of attractions I'm ever going to have are going to be friendship attractions with men and with women. And I think that's the challenge is because that formula is so ingrained, attraction equals romance, we think as soon as I'm attracted to somebody, it must turn romantic. Wow. I think... Assume the attraction is a friendship. Build the friendship. Mm. And then later on, if it changes or if God wakes you up because you've been asleep or, or something clicks, there's a moment um, where you realize, well, maybe there's more than friends. Then, then, you know, and I think maybe in the next episode we can talk a little bit about that. Mm. But let's assume that attractions are for friendships. And so let's build godly friendships with one another. Yeah. There's so many pressures to, to behave in a way that's not godly. Let's build godly friendships across the gender lines, men, boys and girls, men and women, I suppose, being friends with one another. Um, but when it turns romantic, then it's ex exclusive and it's single. So, you know, if I think about dating, I think you should, my, if I'd be blunt, you should only date when you're ready to get married. Sure. Which is not when you're 16. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because then that, that ties in with our next question. Is there one specific person or soulmate? that God has for us to marry. Because I've struggled with this. I would look into a myriad of people and be like, I think I like you. As a matter of fact, I think I like you too. You kind of cute too. And I'm, I'm like looking at five different people and they're all fantastically, they all worship the Lord. And it's like, Lord, I do not know who to choose. And you ask people and you ask the older generation, you know, how do you know yeah, it's the right one? And they, they say the same thing. You, you know, you know. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> you just know. Every parent has said it to every young person who's in love. Yeah. You, don't, you just know. But there were many times where I thought I knew, but I knew, but I knew. And then they heard me and they hurt me. And I was like, Lord, I thought, but okay. You know, so like, is there one specific person where you just like, like, what is that moment? You just like, whoa, light. There she is. That's her. Or... Is there an intentional uh, going on Tinder and getting an online date and you're like, yeah, she responded quickly. She must be the soulmate. How do you, how do you, uh, I guess this is for Neil because he's yeah, married. Yeah, the man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think 
probably one of the worst things you can do is walking around and then and the question you hit the whole time is, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? Mm. So then you're putting this massive pressure on yourself with everyone you meet. Is this the one? Wow. Mm. So just assume friendship. My earlier, just my friendship. earlier point. Just assume friendship and you'll know when you need to. And I mean, my folks said the same thing to me. And you do. It's, so it's actually true. It's just not a nice answer. And I think that's one of the things why people like dating apps. They trust to minimize risk. Because mm. it's risk to put your heart on the line. Mm. So I don't think there's only one person. There might be one kind of person. Um, if you're a Christian, the one kind needs to be a Christian person. Okay. So, so I think th there's maybe, because you are generally, everyone, if we're honest, are more attracted to certain kinds of people. Okay. Um, and it's interesting how God sometimes, or life, puts opposites together. Uh, some of you know my wife. Uh, we are opposites. Like thunder meet lightning. <laughs> <laughs> opposites, you know. Um, but I don't think there's one person. I think there's one kind of person. But I want to say this. When you've chosen, now let's say when you get married or engaged, that choice, then that person is the one. When, they've, when, when you've said yes and you've signed, that's the one. Yeah. And that's the one you go, well, we're going to become soulmates. But be, if it's birthed a little bit out of friendship, then there's a foundation to develop into soulmates and things like that. That's possible for me. So, wow. so I don't think there's only one. Um, I have a, actually have a follow-up question. So there's this thing where it's like, you have options. You have your yes. your seven is it seven or eight options, and you can choose whichever one. But apparently, there's one specific one that God has blessed immensely, apart from the other ones. So how does that? So, so I don't see that in the Bible, okay. I, and I know sometimes people go to Old Testament stories, and I'll say, uh, you, you know, look how Abraham was involved in choosing. Was it Rebecca for Isaac? Better get my names right. <laughs> You know, so, so, you know, if you want to do the story, then let your father choose your spouse, you know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> you want to terrify teenagers, you don't <laughs> tell them that. Okay. But uh, I think what the Bible is clear is, even if we look at some of the things in the New Testament, you, you must marry a believer. And I don't think it's one. Remember, in the times when the Bible was written, marriages were arranged. The, mm. This idea of choice in a marriage uh, is relatively recent in history. In fact, some people say it only really became common in the 1950s and 60s. Most people up until then, and in many cultures today across the world, they still marry for convenience. They marry for economic reasons. They marry for family relationship reasons. So this it's a very Western idea, by the way, mm. uh, and recent history that you have this massive amount of choice. Now, maybe we're evolving. I'm not so sure about that. But I, and they, I think there's choice involved in it because arranged marriages work because people choose to love each other. Mm. So probably sure. behind wow. this thing is this concept of what do we mean by the one and by love? Because, sure. uh, you know, what's it? Hollywood, Bollywood, Nollywood, they're defining a certain definition of love. And it's this thing that, you know, you're walking down the street and it falls on you. I don't, you don't fall into love, you step into it. You, you choose Come on. to love somebody. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so sorry if I'm a little strong and, and, and mm. preachy on this, but I think choice, there, isn't, there must be a, hopefully attraction. Mm. But, you know, and I think, you know, when I was a teenager or a young Christian, I was still single, one of the things that terrified me is what would happen if God tells me to marry someone I don't like? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have thought yes. that. <laughs> because, you know, you know, okay, first of all, well, God's not like that. Why would he do that to you? Um, 
But the reality is God will get you with a person and you'll like them. There will be enough attraction. There will be enough substance. God's got your back in this thing. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for you better than what you know for yourself. So there is a choice where you learn to love somebody. And maybe when we do the episode on marriage or something, I'll talk about learning to love. Yeah. But um, I don't think there's one one person. Because the, the challenge is then you miss them and you... Or what also really happens is people are married for many years and then they go, I met the one. What I like to say then is, yeah, you did on the day you signed. And when you said, I do, that's Come when you met somebody. Someone, you know. <laughs> So, so this yeah. concept causes, I think it's more problematic than helpful. Yeah. Amen. Because that, that really links into our, our next question here. Um, and I struggle with this. How do you respond once you feel God has revealed someone to be your future spouse? Plot twist. But they're not the person you're in a relationship with. Or you don't so, know them. You're not friends yeah. yet. So, so, you, so you are dating someone. And for some reason, you connect with someone else, and you guys connect really well. And then over time, you're like, hang on a minute. Like, I really like this connection. We're fine. I love you, but man, I come alive here. So what, how, how do I do this? How do I do this well? Do I make the transition, or do I just choose? Because I struggled with this long ago, and I realized, um, that I was never satisfied in relationships. So it would go to a certain distance, I'd be like, I feel like I need a new connection. This is kind of boring, you know? But so how do you know when this is an authentic transition, we're transitioning here, this is not working, it's time. That's an actual one. Or do you just let your yes be a yes you chose, but it's not married, so you're not exact, you haven't signed yet, so. Do you transition or do you stay? Like, I think that's part of the question. It's also, you know, if God speaks to you and you're not in a relationship with that person, like uh, the, the famous one, you're walking down the street and God says, She's my that wife. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know, Tutu, if you want to take a stab at it. Um, I think honestly, okay, so the Lord has told you that that's your husband or wife. As Neil said, first start with the friendship. Like that type of thing, because I feel if you jump right into it, because it's also the, I, for me, I think it's the thing of timing. Because mm -hmm. I can, the Lord can be like, that's your soulmate. I can't marry him now. Because one, I don't know anything about him. Mm. And like, I just need to build that. What if you know him? What if it's a friend? Okay, if it's a friend, that doesn't mean we're going to get married now. Okay. Because I I feel like there's there's a time and a place for things. Okay. And you've got something to build on. Yeah. yeah. So now do exactly. I tell her or him, listen, I feel like there's a, another interest here. We're going to have to stop because it feels kind of disingenuous to be like, I'm with you, but I'm still kind of praying there and trying to build something there. So then you're building two things at the same time, aren't you? You are, but I... Okay, you can, you can yeah. take this one. Yeah, so look, uh, if you're in that situation, I think you need to be honest mm. because you're not ready to commit into the situation. Mm. Um, I think always, and, and, and we all do this, we, we don't, we, you know, if, you, if you're trying to please God, you, you won't genuinely step into a relationship, a romantic relationship, unless you think God might be in it mm. initially. And if you have, maybe, you know, you were trying them out, which we've spoken a little <laughs> bit about earlier. But, but 
you know, I think Christ, good, people who are trying to follow Christ, at least, they, they don't step in wanting, you know, to hurt somebody. They're trying to think, well, maybe God is in it. So I want to say that if you think God is in it, doesn't mean it's automatic that it works out because people have got choices. But if that situation that, you know, the scenario that you've sketched comes up, I think then you need to be honest with yourself. But then I don't think you drop one and grab the other. Then you need to go, well, what was going on with me? Why was I in there and now I want to be in there? And just take time, some time to sort it out. But perhaps if I can just talk. So, so firstly, I think critical area, very important area to involve God in. You want to involve God in your relationships, particularly if you go, well, there might be something, yeah, there's an attraction that I think is beyond friendship. Maybe this is a, I think get God involved. The, the challenge is when our feelings get involved and our hormones and our desires, it becomes difficult to hear from God. Yeah. So there it's always good to speak to your friends, maybe your, your, your youth pastor, your Christian mentor, somebody who knows, who can tell you, no, no, just get over yourself. Yeah. And remember, a friend is someone who tells you the truth, not what you want to hear. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so you, you need to have some good friends in your life. Um, but can I share something? And, and it's can I mainly for the guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I've, as I said, I've worked with a couple of young men in my life. If you feel God has spoken to you, first of all, if you don't know them, get to know them. Don't be like all freaky, spiritual, super weird about it, and go. Get to know them. Go for coffee. Find out if they can even speak your language. Hmm. You know, in that sense. But here's one rule. And if I can speak to the guys, and I think it applies to the ladies too. God tells you this is someone who's romantic or this one. Don't tell them. Okay, that's my don't tell them. Because can I tell you what it does is it puts pressure on the person. Because what must I do now? You you come to me and you go, God said you're my husband. What must I do with that? <laughs> like, if I say no, what am I disobeying God? Okay. So, so I don't think it's respectful or fair to say to someone, God said. God might have said, but you carry that in your heart. Get your friends with you. Don't put people under pressure. Don't get weird. Get your friends, get your spiritual leaders with you. Get them pray with you. Let them let them stabilize you, man. Because mm-hmm. also, if there's an attraction, I mean, if they're good looking yeah. and God says yes, I mean, we're the brakes. You're just going to dive all in. <laughs> yeah. So you need some people around you to, to break. So get some friends. Get your, I know it sounds weird, get your parents involved. Even if they're not Christians, your parents know you. <laughs> Now, okay. <laughs> now we've got some culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got friends, I understand. But, but you know, your, your parents will be on. They might say to you, you're not ready to get married now. Mm. And it, just believe them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but when you're old enough to make your own decisions, you're earning your own money, the, the dynamic in that changes a little bit. It depends who's paying the ball and who's yeah. paying for the wedding. <laughs> and we understand that. Um, but let's say God has said, then pursue a friendship, build a friendship. And as the friendship grows close and as trust grows, you can start saying, well, is God speaking to you? Is there something of God in this? Is this serious? Uh, but I know it's like a weird conversation to have, but I think the in, in those places, but you only have that conversation when you know somebody, you don't? Yeah. Mm. First coffee, notice I'm not calling it a date. Mm. First coffee, sit down and say, God said. What, what must someone do with that? <laughs> Particularly... Uh, if I may look at the camera. Guys, don't do that to girls. Young men, don't do that. It's not fair. It's not, it's, it can become very manipulative. Yeah. Um, even if you're right, even if it is God, give the other person time to come to that conclusion come for themselves. So, Sorry, I'm preaching a bit now. So, That's so good. Last thought. And it's only when they say yes that it's confirmed. Oh, until, come until on. Until the other person Shit. says yes, it's not God. Yeah. 
then it, you've got a thought. And when they say yes, that's your confirmation that it was God. Wow. So, that is so 30 cute. years of experience. Come on, <laughs> love somebody. Okay. I've got a question, but it wasn't here, but I want to ask it anyway. Because there's probably some people that, that are single, that are ready to mingle, and that want to get into relationships. But if you have a whole lot of sex with a whole different amount of people, and that was great, and you enjoyed it, but now you're kind of like, ah, I, need to, I need to get right because I want to start looking for a wife now. How do you get right? How do you, how do you like change? Um, because now if you're going to go into a Christian relationship with those remnants of what you did back then, you're probably, you're probably going to contaminate the new relationship as well. And that's what I'm seeing with a whole lot of young people where they're struggling with the concept of a pure relationship because now they're pushing like, what, 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 how far is pure? How far is too far? You know, so if a person wants to change, what is that process? What do you do? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? So probably we, we need to create some context for that. And, and maybe in the next episode, when we talk specifically a little bit about uh, dating and stuff. But can I just say, if, if that's the background, there the, the needs to, remember I spoke about being whole and holy. There's some wholeness that needs to come. So I would always advise, get with a pastor or a spiritual leader, you know, a friend that knows Christ, and, and you need to pray it through and you need to sort it. You settle it with God. Yeah. Then the challenge of that kind of lifestyle is it becomes a habit. It's a pattern. It's, mm. your, it's your default setting. You know, meet a girl. Remember I said attraction, romance, sex. You know, that becomes this default wow. pattern. And you've got to break that pattern. So I would always say it's good to take a bit of a time out then from pursuing relationships, the dating scene. And it's hard, but mm. remember now, I want to honor Christ. So it's, it's worth it in the end. Get my mind renewed a little bit, particularly if you're a man in your view of women, if you're a woman in your view of men. Because it's so easy in a, you know, I think in America they talk a lot about hookup culture. Mm. It's mm. so easy in a hookup culture to develop certain views about other people and what their bodies are for and what they are for. And I think we need to step back and go, well, um, and in the next episode, you know, we can talk a little bit about now, what do you do if that is your past, but you've now sorted it out and you are coming into a new relationship. I think there's some important steps there and discussions to do. But for now, I'd say, well, get free of that lifestyle. Pray it through, get your, whatever prayer you need, get, get your mind renewed a little bit, uh, take a gap and then, because then, we, then you'll be ready to step into it in a genuine and in a real way. Wow. I think that's the, but I know that's like I'm speaking a foreign language <laughs> for some people. Yeah. I, I get it. But it comes back to that foundation. Do I want to honor Christ first in my relationships? That's what you've got to settle. And that's got to start in the heart. It's got to translate to the outside. Wow. Tutu, any last Hey, thoughts? he said what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you pretty much... Actually, um, I have a question. Actually, no, it's fine. Because I feel like it was kind of connected to um, that whole sleeping around and then you have that connection of the soul tie and everything like that. So in that process, would it also mean cutting those completely? So maybe can I explain that a little bit? So look, the Bible's quite clear. Um, oh, no, no, I mustn't, let me not start with the Bible. So God, yes, I want to get the Bible. But God wants what's best for us. So he, he has said that sex should best be expressed in, in marriage. So number one, God's not against sex. 
He's so forceps that he wants it protected in the best place possible, which is a committed, lifelong, monogamous relationship. Mm. Okay. So because sex is good, God wants it for marriage. Now, when, when we break that pattern, we open ourselves up to many things, to hurt, to betrayal, to rejection, uh, to STDs, mm. to HIV AIDS, because if everybody's doing it, it gets dangerous. Let's just be honest. Okay. And so we open ourselves up to many things, sometimes also to spiritual forces, like the demonic stuff, uh, because Bible says when you have sex, and it's true of it, you become one person. So sometimes mm. things can jump across if we use that language. But also, sex isn't just something you do in your body. Mm. I, I want to say this if I can look at a camera. It's no. not just your body. Okay, it involves your soul. There's a oneness that happens when you have sex, at least if you're doing it right, okay, inappropriately. In and then what can happen is that there's a strong emotional bond that develops. Mm. That's what we call a soul tie. That's what Tutu meant when she spoke about a soul tie. And so if you've had many of those, you've got these, if you picture it, there's no Bible verse for this, so it's experience. But you've got all these strings tied to other people. You know the thing where you just can't get over somebody? Mm. Sometimes that's a soul tie. Because you've built a link in your soul, you've literally tied yourself to somebody else's soul. Wow. And sometimes we need to pray and we ask God to break that and people can then come free. So that's some of the ministry that might be necessary wow. uh, in these kinds of spaces. So... Good enough, Fonta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, I want to know, you guys wanted to know, and we're going deep into it. We're going to discuss more of this as we come. Um, but I think this episode was amazing because it got people thinking, being single is not just being single and sending texts at 10 o'clock in the morning and shooting your shots. There's a whole lot more to this. And so this is, um, it was an amazing first episode, I think, and there is more to come. So don't go away. We'll be back on I Want to Move.